0: Previously on the Surreal Life. My talent show for charity announced. I don't want to do this. this stupid. I've always respected his talents and thought it would be a lot of fun to combine ourselves. I would definitely prefer to do it. alone <laughs> um, he's a he, likes a he himself talk. We got the blues. Forget the talent show. I'm planning a wedding here. I'm going now. You're raising your voice. I don't like a good body. everyone. Welcome back to the Surreality Podcast, where we are recapping VH1 Celebrity Shows from the very beginning. You guys, have you heard the news? Corey Feldman is going on tour and he might be coming to a city near you. Unfortunately, he is not stopping near the Twin Cities here. Looks like the closest he's going to be to me is Lombard, Illinois, which is like five hours away. So sorry, guys, not going to be making that trip. If it were within, I don't know, an hour or so of me, I probably would go, to be honest with you. I am definitely the type of bitch to go to a Corey Feldman show. I would absolutely do that. Not only could I talk about it here on the podcast, but that just sounds like a good time to me. It sounds fucking crazy. Give me Corey Feldman in a casino. I'll go, play a little blackjack, have a drinky drink, watch the show, and make it home by midnight. Perfect evening. That sounds fantastic. If any of you guys are as weird as me and want to see where Corey is going on this tour, this is a U.S. tour only. You can check out where he's stopping on his Instagram, cdog22. That's dog with two G's. And fair warning, Corey is like a full boomer on Facebook. He writes all of his captions in all caps, so just a warning there. All right, we have reached the Vegas episode of season one of The Surreal Life. I love a Vegas episode of any show. Of course, the Vegas episode from season one of Rock of Love is so iconic. We've got Lacey knocking over the 20 bottles. We've got two drunk Fruit Loops and a hungry stripper, people puking at the table in the suite. I love going to Las Vegas, you guys. I love dressing up, I love staying at hotels, obnoxiously large beverage, love it. I love a white chapel wedding. I love those little stripper cards that they used to pass out. For our 10 year anniversary, my husband and I are going to go to Vegas and renew our vows in one of those little white chapels. I'm gonna wear a tiny little white dress. It's gonna be awesome. We have a lot to get through this episode, so much happened, we have it all, we've got funny moments, we've got fights, we've got tears, let's get right into it here. It's morning, surprise! So that means we get a montage. Everyone's getting out of bed, brushing their teeth, yada yada, Vince is leaving his new room that he gets to sleep in from winning the talent show. The lampshades are still ugly as shit, but he does have blue bedding now, so that's nice. Vince walks into Hammer and Manny's room to say good morning. Hammer has managed to get his hands on an actual blanket. While Manny is still sleeping under that huge chunk of just solid Swiss cheese memory foam that we saw back in episode 2, everyone heads to the kitchen where Gabrielle is just frying up a gigantic pan of butter. Like the butter is probably three inches high in this motherfucker. And I just wanna know what she's cooking because whatever it is, I'm probably game. Like if she's about to fry up some pancakes in that thing, like, hell yeah, I'm down. We see today's edition of the Surreal Life Times. Vince is on the cover and it says, Vince rules, Sin City quakes as surreal life visit nears. Vince brings the paper to the dining table and they read. Okay, we got the paper. I made the cover. (laughs) Look out, Vegas. Here come the stars. National Airlines is flying the Surreal Life cast members to Las Vegas for a whirlwind trip of wide-open fun. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, We're going to, to Vegas? Oh, okay. so excited! <laughs> so they all seem very excited, Vince especially. Vince actually lives in Vegas, so he's going to get to see his fiancé Leah. And we get a cute little moment from Manny. We're to Vegas. We got to pack. So the crew starts to get ready. Hammer is spraying cologne literally right into a carry-on bag and shaking it up, which when is that ever a good idea? When has an abundance of perfume, cologne, whatever, ever helped a situation? The girls are sitting in their closet and Jerry asks how dressy they're all getting and Brandy's like, oh, not that dressy. And Gabrielle just says, I'm wearing my white suit. Which is indeed the same white suit she just wore for the talent show. Everyone starts to get dressed. We get a clip of Gabrielle and then Vince blow drying their hair. And it's super funny because Gabrielle's just using your standard like, I don't know, Con Air hair dryer. And then when we see Vince, he's got like a straight up Dyson. Like it is night and day with these things. Vince is dressed in a really nice looking suit and he is looking damn good and Corey is sure to let him know how good he looks. At this point... Corey is definitely clinging on to Vince. He thinks that they're bros, they're good, they're gonna, you know, do music together after this, and Vince is just tolerating Corey, you can tell. He realizes that this is a very short-term gig, they're halfway through it at this point, but Corey, like, thinks they're buds, and it is kind of, it's cringe to watch, you know, you always have known that person, and you do feel bad for them on a level... And I do feel bad for Corey. I am sure that the way he grew up really messed with like his social cues and ability to connect with other adults because most adults that he has trusted the most have fucked with him really terribly at some point. Vince heads to the phone booth and calls and leaves Leah a message letting her know that they're heading to Vegas, meet them at the Palms, and they'll be there at 7 sharp and currently it is 437 as they're leaving. We see the plane take off, and of course, we get a Manny laughing clip just for good luck. (laughs) It's Vegas, baby, it's all. And when they arrive, they are greeted by a big, beautiful tour bus. Cory steps on the bus first, and he's wearing black pants, black shirt, and then he has a button-up shirt on over it that's like a tannish color, and it has black flames on the breast part of the shirt. Hammer is in like an all leather suit deal and he looks really good. Vince has like a gray slash silver suit on. He's got black underneath, but the suit has like a shiny finish to it. It definitely looks expensive. Manny's rocking a all black suit looking very sharp. Jerry's rocking a gray sparkly top with super fringy sleeves. Brandy understood the assignment. She's got the big hair. She has this pink flowy shirt on that's really low cut in the front and Gabby is in her trusty white power suit. The bus heads toward the strip, and this is when shit starts hitting the fan. Vince is looking out the window of the bus. He's kind of pointing out to everyone where everything is. He's super anxious to see Aaliyah, you can tell, and he notices that the bus driver misses his exit to get onto the street that they need to be on, and he is immediately annoyed. Where, where are we going? Where we go to the bottoms? Oh, we missed the turn. How's Flamingo? We're riding on the bus and uh, Vince gets angry. Well, that's up. It's this Saturday night. It's gonna take forever to get there. Vince is very upset that we were late because his girlfriend is waiting for us. Jump on the 215 and the 15 and off at Flamingo and you're right there. And we're sitting in traffic, you know, miles from where we're supposed to turn. The is there a reason why we're just cruising this thing? If not, let me at a hotel. We're supposed to go. The Palms, we're driving just down the strip on oh, a Saturday f- f- night. For no f- reason. Let's f- get to the f- place. The Palms hotel, hotel is back now. We have bingo. How the can f- you f- not? You don't know how to get to a f- hotel. You, just, you think it's gonna the hotel's gonna park it in front of the bus? They missed a turn, man. And then oh man, that's 30 more minutes. Oh, and then they missed another turn. Then they missed the next turn. Like, where the f- are we going? Turn the f- bus. Turn that f- camera off before I throw it out. F- so Vince is super pissed off. I guess that the driver missed one exit and then he kind of just kept making the wrong turn over and over again, which led them to be stuck on the strip in traffic. Towards the end of that clip there, Vince is yelling into like the, I don't know, cockpit of the bus and he's yelling at the driver being like, do you not know how to get anywhere? Like, what the fuck is the plan? The guys are trying to calm him down. He sits down, looks at the camera and says, turn that fucking camera off before I throw it out the window. Apparently after they started to calm Vince down, Gabrielle and Corey started getting into a fight. So we didn't see any of this happen, but I guess... All the girls were in the back of the bus getting ready. Corey went back there while Vince was having his meltdown and told them all that they needed to come to the front of the bus and help calm Vince down. And he was really pushy being like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. And Brandy let him know like, hey, you aren't going to be rushing us. Like, I'll come out there, but you don't need to be back here like in our face. I'm sorry. I meant Gabrielle. I meant Gabby was getting into it with Vince, not Brandy. These fucking names. So he wanted all the girls to come try to calm Vince down. And I can't imagine why that would be a good idea anyway, other than Corey trying to appear like the good guy. Because I think the last thing anyone needs when they're in that mindset, when they're heated, is a bunch of people in a tiny space trying to calm you down and de-escalate the situation. I feel like that would only make things worse. Like, give me some space. I'll calm down, but back the fuck up. And she lets him know, like, hey, we have waited for you countless times so far while we've been in this house. And Corey's like, oh, like, since when? When have I ever done that before? And Gabrielle's like, oh, do we need to get everyone out here one by one and ask them how many times we've had to wait for you? which I totally believe that. We only get maybe 10 seconds of this confrontation on tape, and then Corey looks at the camera and goes, no, 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 turn the camera off. You're not gonna be having the cameras on right now. Like 10 minutes after Vince does that. Are you fucking kidding me right now? I'm sure it was like mind-blowing to Corey when he saw Vince tell the cameraman to turn the camera off, and they actually did it. He was probably like, shit, this guy is cool as hell. Like, I'm going to be a rock star too. Like, I need to act like this. Hammer's talking to the camera and he's talking as if he's talking to Corey. And he's like, hey, just because Vince had his meltdown doesn't mean you need to have a meltdown too. So they know. It's a known thing in the house that Corey is, you know, a little on the annoying side. And he's definitely got a huge man crush on Vince. So we finally arrive at the Palms Casino. And someone's gotten hold of some real alcohol for Vince, so he's in a fantastic mood now. His eyes are already glossy. We get a nice close up of him standing outside the palms talking to the camera. It was a little extreme, but we finally made it, so it's all good. We're in Las Vegas. Everybody, let's party. Time to go. As the crew's walking in, there is a ton of people swamping them. They're trying to get pictures with real cameras now and asking for autographs, which is that a thing anymore? I fucking doubt it. Do people ever ask for autographs? Do people even have signatures anymore? <laughs> then we get to meet Leah, Vince's fiance, and she is exactly what you picture a 40 year old rock star to be marrying. She's thin, she's got the big boobs, blonde hair, and not an eyebrow in sight. But she does seem very sweet. Her and Vince definitely seem like they're in love, and he is so excited to introduce her to everyone and just be with her. They all head to the Little Buddha for dinner, which is permanently closed. Vince and Leah are making out at the table. There is definitely some tension going on with everyone else. Corey is sitting at the table, pouting, wearing his sunglasses, mind you. And the restaurant is dark as hell, so he ain't seeing shit right now. And without saying anything to anyone, he gets up from the table and just storms off. And everyone pretty much just rolls their eyes at him at the same time. No one is taking him seriously. Corey heads outside. I'm trying to help out people I consider friends and try to calm Vince down, you know, he was getting in a fight with somebody and Gabrielle went off on me like, you know, I was trying to hurt her or insult her. He was feeling the tension from Vince and so he was going at me and you know what? It's not okay. I'm nervous about the wedding and and, and I've got a lot of things in my mind right now. If this is Survivor, he would be the first one off. Thank you, Tony. So that's a Corey telling us that he just doesn't understand why everyone's making him out to be the bad guy. He was just trying to help a friend out in need. And there's so much going through his mind about the wedding. I mean, I'm sure it's gotta be a lot. I mean, you've got cake, you've got food, you've got clothes. He's gonna have to change all of the addresses on Susie's Tiger Beat subscriptions. It's a lot, I get it. Not a single tear is coming out of Corey's eyes while this is going on. I'm sure you guys figured that out already, but I just wanted to make that clear. Meanwhile, the crew back at the table are like, what the fuck is this about now? Gabrielle explains to Leah the backstory of what went on that night, and Vince tells the table that if this were survivor, Corey would be the first one off and everyone laughs. So Corey tells the camera that I can't talk right now. I'm so sorry. And he walks away. He's just pacing back and forth with his fist over his mouth. Eventually, he leans over a guardrail and just starts to (sighs) at the ground. It's so dramatic. But no time for that because now it's time to hit the club. They head to the ghost bar. Which is a rooftop bar at the Palms, and it looks like it closed back during COVID, but it's expected to open up within the next few months here, so that's fun. The music's thumping, everything's all like, ns, 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 and the crew are dancing all up on each other. Gabrielle is having the time of her life on this dance floor. She is loving it, she's feeling herself, she's getting every penny's worth out of that white jumpsuit here, and she's dancing exactly. Like Elaine from Seinfeld here. She's got these jerky movements going back and forth. And she's giving us real intense facial expressions while she's doing this. Manny is sandwiched between two women on the dance floor. And he is loving every second. And we get a voiceover from him being just like, I don't know what happens. But whenever I get on the dance floor, there's a Manny sandwich. The crew head outside and Corey decides that this is the perfect time to reignite the fight. I'm sorry. I mean, this is the perfect time to put an end to the fight that's been going on. When I got outside, I wanted to end the confrontation and I wanted to let her know, listen, I'm sorry for whatever I said, but I also want you to know that you hurt me. I mean, have we ever heard a more heartfelt apology? I'm sorry for whatever it is I did to you, but you hurt me. So Gabrielle and Corey are sitting nose to nose. He still has his sunglasses on, which is really fucking rude in this situation, I feel like. And Gabrielle just says, look, you have to stop being the victim. And Corey's like, I'm not being the victim. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to go ahead and just read what Corey's saying to her, because since they're at the bar, it's super loud. It's hard to hear him. So he says to Gabrielle... I mean, if you want to take care of me, maybe you have, you know, a mother quality in you that sees the hurt child in me, whatever it is, I don't know, that wants to fix it maybe and you're doing it in a tough love sort of way. Gabrielle's not having it. She's kind of shaking her head no and closing her eyes, trying to deep breathe while he's saying this and he barely finishes his sentence and she just goes, no, <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> just no. No. No, Corey, no. She's like, look, this has nothing to do with me at all. This is me reacting to you. I think we just need to agree that we're different. You know, make it through the rest of this time together, but let's just move on from this. I'm not going to apologize for anything that I've said to you so far, but this animosity has been going on too long, and as long as you're okay with it, I say let's just move past it and be done. Corey agrees, so they do a very half-assed hug. Gabrielle's kind of eye-rolling as it's happening. And then we get some afterthoughts from Corey. Gabby took it upon herself to analyze me and try and be my therapist for the moment, if you will. She kind of turned that into an opportunity to point more fingers at me. Okay, so I do think Corey is crying out for help here. Since Cory's mom was abusive towards him physically and emotionally, I'm sure he does see Gabrielle kind of, you know, in that motherly role, like he said in the first episode, like typical Jewish mom, which I'm not sure if Gabrielle Carteris practices Judaism. I looked it up and apparently her mom is Jewish, her dad's Greek. So I don't know if Corey's just saying that because he's Jewish. I don't know. But anyway... I'm sure since Gabrielle does have those motherly qualities that I'm sure his inner child does want to connect to that and is hoping that someone will just hop into his life and save him. I wonder if Corey was ever asked to do any family therapy or celebrity rehab type shows. That was definitely a missed opportunity if he never was. I mean, Corey Feldman is a recovering addict, so you already have that, and there's obviously a lot of trauma in him that he needs to unload. So if any of the 10 people that listen to this podcast have any sort of pull in the entertainment industry, let's get Corey back on TV. All right, so Corey gets his hands on a cell phone, and this is some sort of Nokia black brick phone. It's not a flip. It does have the antenna. Not sure where it came from. It isn't mentioned. out don't know production gave it to him or maybe just one of these other drunk people at the ghost bar thought it would be cool to lend their phone to Corey Feldman. But the clock at the bottom of the screen does say that it's 1224 in the morning. So we're probably talking free minutes here. He calls up Susie and it sounds like he's leaving her a message, but he's talking as if he's talking to her on the phone. He says, hey, I'm having a really bad night here. Because, well, first off, because you're not with me. And Gabrielle won't talk about anything. Like, it's just all a big show. It's just so phony and Hollywood, it's ridiculous. The phone conversation cuts off for us there, and then we check in with Vince and Leah. They are standing in the middle of the casino at the Palms, just surrounded by slot machines and shit, and Vince is having himself a good time. He can barely keep his eyes open, we get a montage of him sipping drinks around the casino, him and Leah are making out, he's swaying back and forth a lot, and we don't see it here, but at the beginning of the episode we get a little like, next on the surreal life, and it showed a clip of him in this exact moment yelling at a fan I'm guessing or maybe it's a production member but he's telling them to get the fuck away from him but we don't see it here. If you want to see what I'm talking about you can check it out on YouTube. I am watching Surreal Life episode four and it's split up into three sections A, B, and C and Road Hunt uploaded it so that's R-O-E-D-H-U-N-T. So Hammer and Manny decide that they're going to go to Fatburger and Corey tags along we get a shot of the three of them in the back of the limo like ah ha ah, ah, ha ah, ah, ha ah. ha They head into the Fat Burger and there is a shit ton of people in there. I'm guessing Manny's pretty wasted at this point. He doesn't go up to order anything, he's just hanging out at a table and Hammer's yelling for him, trying to get his attention. And while Hammer's trying to order their food, there are fans literally up his ass. It is obnoxious. He's trying to order a couple turkey burgers and fries, which again with the turkey, it must have been some sort of fad at the time. But there are people like putting their hands on him and stuff, trying to get his attention while he's trying to talk to Emmanuel and Corey. And it's like, this is a fuck off. They're hanging out in the dining area of this fat burger. It's like a fast food place. And some guys come up and introduce themselves to Hammer. And then before you know it, they're all dancing together, laughing, having a really good time. Hammer introduces Corey and Manny to them. They've got a jukebox going and Hammer gets Manny to get up out of his seat and then show him a little bit of moves. Manny brushes his shoulders off a little bit and then starts to show everyone what he's got. Those guys, and oh my gosh, there's a plane going past me right now, good lord. (laughs) And the guys are all around him, like, cheering him on as he's going. It's cute, it's a nice moment. Meanwhile, we check in with the ladies, and they have decided to go to a strip club. They go to a place called the Olympic Garden, which is permanently closed, ladies and gentlemen. As of October 2016, they suddenly closed... Apparently it was a pretty popular strip joint. They offered both male and female strippers, so that's nice. I just don't have any interest in a male strip club. I don't know what it is. I'm mainly straight, but there's just something about a male stripper that turns me off. My mother-in-law has tried to get me to go with her to those like Thunder From Down Under shows and I'm just like, "Eh, hard pass. However, I loves me a female strip club. The first time my husband and I went to Vegas together, we went to the Spearmint Rhino and they had the whole setup where you got like a free limo ride there and you had to pay a two drink minimum I think and the drinks were like fucking $20 a pop for like low ball glass mixed drinks. It was complete bullshit but it was fun when in Vegas, right? And it didn't provide transportation back to our hotel so we had to get a cab. We get picked up and our driver's like, hey, you having a good time tonight? We're like, yeah. And he goes, you trying to keep having fun tonight? We're like, yeah. And he's like, you guys looking for a little... (laughs) I just yelled, no, thank you. And the rest of the drive was just dead silent. (laughs) So either our cab driver tried selling us Coke, which whatever, of course, like Vegas, whatever. But I was fully convinced this cab driver was an undercover cop, like for sure. Anyway, the girls head into the strip bar and it's exactly what you imagine it like. The guys are in tight little black jeans and then eventually when they take those off, they have thongs on underneath. Jerry and Brandy each get a lap dance. The guys are rubbing all up on them, vibrating on them, you know, that weird move. Everyone's having a good time except Gabrielle. She hasn't sat down at all since she's been there. She just has been standing next to where Jerry and Brandy have been sitting. And eventually she just leans into Brandy and says, I think I have to go. I'm not having a good time and I think I need to leave. And Brandy's really not giving her much back. She's just looking up at Gabby and she's like, okay, bye. (laughs) Plenty of dick for me. We see Gabrielle out in the parking lot and she's telling the camera that she didn't like that at all and how she felt super skanky. And she doesn't want to talk about it. So she just aimlessly walks around the parking lot. Uh, I mean, I get it. It's not everyone's thing. She is married, but she is like, uh, how old is she here? She is 41 here. And maybe this just isn't something her and her husband really talked about the possibility for when she left. Or maybe she's worried about the fact that her kids are going to see this when they get older. Or maybe she's just like me and she isn't into the male stripper thing because she didn't care about the uh, naked girl covered in sushi back on the first night. So Brandy and Jerry leave the club and them and Gabrielle decide to head back to the bus. And at this point, it's 4 a.m. And apparently when they get there, they're told that they're going to be going to church the next morning, which, what? How in the hell is this just being brought up now? Brandy's like, yeah, well, I guess we only have a few hours to get some rest. We see Vince saying goodbye to Leah and he's in even worse condition than when we saw him before at this point. Eyes are just completely closed. He's completely leaning on a beam outside of the casino. He's mumbling to Leah how much he loves her and how he's going to miss her. And he's trying to kiss her. And Leah's just looking like this is not the first time that they've done this dance. He musters up enough strength to get himself onto the bus. And he hugs Corey and Hammer once he gets on. And Hammer says he's going to make sure that he gets to bed safely. The bus takes off to start the 395-mile trip back to L.A. at 4.12 a.m. The sun starts to come up on their way back, and it doesn't look like Brandy or Jerry bothered going to bed, which, yeah, I remember in college when I would pull all-nighters all the time because I am a huge procrastinator. (laughs) Um, Sometimes I just wouldn't bother going back to bed because sleeping for two hours just doesn't do it for me. Like, you wake up, you feel worse, you feel groggy. So just tough it out stay up everyone's up everyone's cleaned up looking nice for church and Corey starts a discussion with everyone on faith and what their relationship with church has been Corey is Jewish so he has never been to church before Gabrielle says that she does pray and whenever she prays she always says thank you for everything you've given me and for everything you haven't given me because sometimes there's things in life that you think you want, but you have to be careful what you wish for. And Corey says that he does something similar. He always says, thank you for what you've given me and thank you for what you've taken away from me. Vince is very quiet because he's probably hung over as shit. You know that the poor guy just wants to be in bed with a McDonald's breakfast sandwich right now, but we gotta go to church. But he does look really good for someone who was up drinking past four in the morning, but, He's probably a seasoned pro by now. But Hammer asks him, like, hey, Vince, what's your relationship with God? Like, do you pray? And Vince is like, nope, nope. I used to. I would pray all the time when my daughter was sick and it obviously didn't work. So I don't pray anymore. Hammer says, yeah, that's really understandable. But I know that you still have faith in you somewhere. I can see it. I believe it. I think today is going to be really good for you. They pull up to the first African Methodist Episcopal Church. And Vince does perk up when he sees where they are. He's like, oh, we're at AME. Oh, this is great. They head in and we see Hammer start to get ready to lead today's service. The crews lined up all in the front row and it is packed. This is a ginormous, beautiful church. I would say there's at minimum like over a thousand people there. And the energy is fantastic. It's super positive. Everyone's up, clapping, happy to be there. They're praying and singing. I have very minimal experience with church myself. My parents, much with everything in my life, just told me, eventually you'll figure it out. (laughs) And I still haven't figured it out. But I'm not super into church myself. However, if I were to ever go, this is probably the place where I'd go. Hammer starts his service, and he immediately brings up the show. He acknowledges that there's cameras there, and he brings up Vince, who is already in tears in the front row. Vincent Neal. He was the last one we asked, what do you pray? And he said, well, I don't pray anymore. Because when my daughter died of cancer at the age of four I was praying 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 and my prayers didn't get through so I I, I stopped praying and when we pulled up in front of your church he said wait a minute hammer this this is AME this is a great church and right then I already know what God has done and you do too so if you would, I would like for you, for me, to stand on your feet. Because I want to pray for peace. The prayer of the righteous availeth much. I was shocked. I had no idea that that was going to single me out. So they bring Vince up on stage. And the entire church stands up, holds their palms out, and they pray for Vince and Skylar. I'm going to play the clip because there is no way I'm going to be able to get through this without crying. So, we ask you for the assurance to one who stands before you that the daughter is with the father. Come, Holy Father we don't understand why we'll understand it better by and by but for right now let this be a witness that the lord will make a way somehow in the name of christ jesus our lord we claim healing daughter 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 pray for us pray for us and we'll take care of your daddy in the name of jesus amen everyone up on stage gives Vince a hug and then when he gets down all of the cast gives him a hug too they're all so happy for him they're all in tears Vince is crying I haven't experienced anything like that in a very long time and then last night was uh uh before I went to bed for no reason I prayed And while the music plays, we get a beautiful picture of little Skylar and Vince before she passed away. It was a really nice moment. It was really great that Vince was able to take this moment in stride. I could see how this would be, you know, a lot of pressure for someone who is hurting so bad, especially on TV and in front of so many people. But I hope that he's continued to find peace with this terrible loss he experienced. They head back on the bus, and Vince tells everyone that that was a life-changing experience for him, and while everyone's still in tears, they collectively say how, you know, this has been tough so far, but they've all made lifelong friends during this experience, and it's going to be really hard to say goodbye. Bus pulls off, and that's it for episode four. We'll see if the piece continues into episode five next week on the surreal life we are getting brandy a man also next week i'm going to touch base on the new season of the surreal life that started production last year and there hasn't been any mention in terms of you know when this is going to air but the cast is pretty good and i'll go over the cast and let you know any filming information that i might have but that's what i'll talk about before we head right into next episode for now, we are going to check in with Emmanuel Lewis. All right, you guys, this has been the toughest check-in I've done so far. Emmanuel Lewis keeps a very low profile, which he does tell us right away in episode one. He says he's a very private person. He is currently 51 years old. He hasn't done TV since 2008. After the season, he did go on to do the Surreal Life fame games, which I'm really excited to cover, and he had a cameo on an episode of My Super Sweet Sixteen, where I guess he was hired to pass out the girls' invitations. (laughs) So super random, but money's money. Since he hasn't acted in so long, that's triggered a lot of death rumors for him over the past few years, but obviously they're fake, he's alive and well, and he loves himself some Instagram Lives. I cruised his profile for a while. Is that what you call it? Instagram profile? Whatever, his grid. But he publishes like every Instagram Live that he does, even if it's over three hours long, which I think is super funny. During the pandemic, he definitely engaged with his fans a lot through Lives, which is really nice. Looks like he participates in a lot of charity events, and he has a lot of friends who are in the business still. But he does not appear to be married. He Does not have a ring on his finger. So ladies or gentlemen, whatever he's into, appears to be single, go for it. If you want to touch base with Emmanuel Lewis, you can get a cameo from him at the steal of $249.99 which he's got reviews so people are buying these I'm pretty sure. I didn't even check to see if the other cast members are on Cameo. So I'm going to look at that right now. Miss Brandy Roderick is on Cameo and you can get one from her for $69.99. <laughs> Holy shit, Corey Feldman is on here. He has a shit ton of reviews, a pretty big fan club, and his cost $299.99, 300 bucks for a message from Corey Feldman himself. So I guess I know what I'm asking for for Mother's Day here. Vince is on here, but he's currently not accepting any new requests, which I forgot about this till just now, but Vince had a cameo leak sometime in the last couple years here where he was fucking wasted. I'm going to find it. Hey, Decker, this is Vince Neal. I want to say happy birthday, brother. Uh, This is actually from uh, uh, Christian mom, Ethan and Blake. So uh, keep on rocking, shout the devil, and uh, and do do some feel-good stuff in big old old 4-0, you man. All right, see you later. (laughs) all right guys that does it for this week's episode of the surreality podcast you can follow me on instagram at surreality pod and you can send hate mail to surrealitypod at gmail.com and make sure you do some feel good stuff this mother's day weekend